T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It's Arcand and Kyrie on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. My dead drunk. Sports Radio, WEEI, Christian Arkin, Kyrie Thompson, taking you up until 6 o'clock. Um, we have uh, some news to react to from earlier on today. The injury report's out. We'll get to all that in just a minute, but we wanted to reset on something we started the show with. Real quick, can I reset on something? The fact that somebody suggested that Bailey, the Bailey Zappi game against the Packers oh, was yes. the Patriots game of the year, mm-hmm. even though the Patriots lost. So... What we're saying here is that the Patriots game of the year, the most memorable game of the year, was the one in which Bailey Zappi threw for 99 yards yes. and one touchdown, and the Patriots didn't win in overtime because Bailey Zappi couldn't get five yards. Wasn't even Bailey Zappi's best game, let alone no. the best Patriots game. Yeah. Like, come on. And, and I mean, like, I'm not even going to try and, like, hate on Bailey Zappi because he had two really good games after that. And he I did. mean, in that situation, Lambeau Field. First NFL game, that's really tough, and he handled it about as well as you could possibly handle it. But if that's your game of the year, oof. Yeah, not going to work. Sorry, text line. Um, thanks for thanks for contributing, though. Yes, we, we appreciate it, but I, we, uh, we all we all disagree. And I think that it's got to be that Cleveland game. 309 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, no if picks. you want to pick a Bailey Zappi game, that 118 QB rating. Mac, has Mac Jones sniffed that this year? Um, I don't know, maybe in the uh, Minnesota game. Anyways, uh, Robert Kraft, back in the spring, uh, almost a year ago, I just say, said this. I'm a Patriot fan, big time, first. And more than anything, it, it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game the last three years, and I'm happy that um, we had a great, I think we had a great draft last year, and it made up for what happened the previous four years or so, and I look forward to hopefully having a great draft this year. That's the only way you can build your team for it long-term and consistently that uh, you have a chance of winning is having a good draft. So there you go. 
Uh, Robert Kraft made his demands known on a good draft, and I think they had a pretty good draft. Uh, so far, a lot of the draft picks have contributed this year, and last year's draft. I think last year's draft, the shine's come off of a little bit. Yes. Uh, Barmore's done nothing this year. I know he's been hurt. And uh, Mac Jones certainly took a massive step back. Ramondre Stevenson got better, but he's also shown some, uh, I don't know, some yeah. <laughs> some fumbleitis there. Yeah, I think, I think though, that if you're talking about Ramondre Stevenson, you can say that guy's turning into a star. Definitely. And uh, he's a guy that I think is more likely than not to be the one that's most remembered from that draft class. I think that he's going to be the one you sort of look at and say, well, at least they drafted Stevenson there. Your fourth-round running back. Yeah. Um, and this year, you know, both uh, Jones cornerbacks have been good. Uh, when they've played, obviously, they're both out this weekend. But, yeah, this draft's been fine, too. But he also made it very clear it's not just about drafts. And he did say to make up for what happened in the last four drafts, which is a big shot at Bill there. Um, but he also uh, is distressed that this team has not won a playoff game. It bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game. Bothers me too, uh, Robert. Bothers me too. And uh, seems like you probably won't be winning one this year either if you even make it. It's going to take a lot just to make it. And uh, I think that Robert Kraft's got some big decisions this offseason to make. And it may not be as simple as... Is Bill Belichick going to be the coach, GM, grand poobah of the team, you know, next year or not? But it may be something like, well, how are we going to broach the subject with him of bringing in an offensive coordinator that we approve of and going in a direction that maybe we think is better than what he thinks? And if there's a, a disagreement, are we going to are we going to hold firm on our belief that, you know, you may not you may not have demonstrated to us this year that the offense is best in your hands anymore. And I think that at this point, if Bill Belichick wants to push against that, I mean, which is, I mean, his right, I suppose. Um, and he could totally be like, yeah, well, you know, I'm the head coach of this football team. You can't tell me who to put on my staff. Mm-hmm. I feel like the crafts would be well within their rights to be like, yeah, we tried that last year and it turned out really terribly. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we sign your checks we are the ones who, uh, you know, let you be paid whatever it is that you get paid, $20 million a year. Um, so at some point, you got to answer to us. Right. Because the results aren't there, and ultimately this is a business. Bill Belichick has operated by that mantra for more than 20 years. It's about production. It's about the bottom line. It's about what are you actually doing in terms of job performance. Your job performance and the performance of your staff was not up to par last year, so we're going to have to do something about that. Yeah, and that, I think, is something that most people who follow the team fear would completely blow up their relationship with Belichick and lead to him saying, bleep you, I'm not doing any of this, I'm out of here, goodbye, and that's the end of Bill Belichick here in New England. First of all, is that? do you think that's accurate? Do you think Bill would really, if at the slightest suggestion of uh, of bringing in somebody else that maybe he didn't fully approve of, or you know him not having final say in who the offensive coordinators or something like that, do you think that would be enough to get Bill to say, "I'm out of here. I'm walking. I don't want to. I'm not even going to entertain this." I mean, I would hope not. I mean, ultimately, seventy-one years. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but I think he wants that record. I mean, and and I don't. But he doesn't need to get it here. He doesn't need to get it here, but I feel like, and this isn't me being in Bill Belichick's head or the Kraft's head or anything, but I just feel like, why would he want to go someplace else and get it? I mean, this has been where he has become Bill Belichick, right? Become, you know, the the greatest coach of all time. You know, what what we continually call him, where he won six Super Bowls. Right. I mean, he wants to do it here. He built this. This is his. I don't think he wants to just drop it at the sign of a hat. I would hope that he would be understanding enough that, look, 
and and again, as a self scouter, as somebody who, in theory, wants to create the best product possible, get the best production possible, that he's going to be able to look at, at what happened this year and say that wasn't good enough. I can see that this is one of the biggest issues that we had. How do we address it? We can't just go back to doing the same thing that we did last year. That's not going to work. I feel like if if Bill Belichick, again, is, is what we think that he is in terms of it's really smart guy, really savvy football mind, he, he can't possibly just throw in the towel after that. I feel like you you got to you got to be more of a professional than that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think I, I would hope he he is. I'd like to think yeah, that I confirm too. That <laughs> we'll see, Bill. Um, I could see Bill being petty about it too. You know, I mean, it's, po- it's possible. I can see him being time, extremely petty. You want me to what? You're gonna telling me to what? No, I'm I'm leaving. I'm taking taking my ball and I'm gonna go coach whoever. But the problem is, no t- no good team ever needs a coach. You know, so like whoever wherever he goes to, he's gonna have to rebuild it, and it's also probably gonna be a team that sucks because why else would they have fired their coach? And then he's oh, gonna be blame it on me, Christian. Okay, and then he, and then he's gonna be seventy one years old. Yeah, Starting rebuilding over. a franchise potentially. Does he want to try to do that? Oh yeah, let, let me let me go ahead for my last act as an NFL coach. I'm going to re rebuild a program from nothing within three years, and then right off into the sunset. Yeah. I don't see that. I don't see that being a thing. You want to go to Carolina and see see how that goes for you there, Bill? Like I, I don't know about that either. I think there's uh, there's not a lot of not a lot of options. I mean, Sean Payton's going to be out there. He's an attract like people. I don't know if Bill's going to be that hot of a commodity if he was if he was to leave here. You know, you want you want me to coach for how long? Like you want to if you're a bad team and you're rebuilding, do you bring in a coach who's only going to be there for two years, three years, or do you? sign him on for five years and hope that by the 75 he's still sharp enough to do all these things like I think that's just that's a that's a risky maneuver Bill's kind of painted himself into a Patriots or bust corner here I think and and here's the other question is that if Bill Belichick weren't for some reason to coach here and he was on the open market sometimes you have teams where it's like okay maybe I'm a coach away I'm a philosophy away from making this you know a Super Bowl contender a Super Bowl winner is Bill Belichick's philosophy really going to make a team be like, yes, this is the missing piece? Right. It's just complimentary football. It's just like, oh, yeah, you know, we're just going to play good defense and you know, good offense at the same time. We're going to kind of tr- control the ball and we want to stop the run. And I mean, there, there's nothing revolutionary about anything that he does from 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 that standpoint, from a schematic standpoint. Now, if you want to talk about his attention to detail, which I mean, that's being called into question right now in terms of what his staff is is letting fly with some of these execution issues but if you want to talk about that maybe that's something bill belichick is you know sets apart from somebody else but in terms of like we are going to come in we are going to spread the ball out we are going to attack you from every place on the field offensively that's not going to happen if you bring in bill belichick no i don't think so either and it's not you know to say that bill's lost it or anything it's just that's not i don't i don't think that that's realistic uh, to expect from him um that being said this is and i know people will probably say why are you talking about getting rid of bill belichick it's not really about getting rid of bill belichick it's about the dominoes that are going to fall if robert Kraft does what i think everybody think needs to be done and sort of tell them, hey, this thing with the offense isn't working and we're going to get more involved now as ownership. We're going to, it can't just be up to you anymore because this past year was ridiculous. And you may have set the team back five years uh, with what you did with this quarterback and everything else. And so that conversation is going to be uncomfortable, I would imagine. 
I don't think anything's going to happen that's going to avoid that conversation from happening. I don't think they're going to have some magical postseason run here. I think it's probably going to be over at not this week on the 8th, and that's you know just playing the odds. But when that happens, they're going to have to have something resembling that conversation, and I just don't see how that goes smoothly. You know, so you have to start thinking for what's going to come after that conversation. Is Bill going to say, yes, fine, I'll do it? Is Bill going to say, no, bleep you, I want out of this last year of my contract, however many years he has left? I think we all agree, though, that that conversation needs to happen, right? I mean, it is probably got to be on the table. Because, look, here's the thing. It, the end is coming, one way or another. I, To me, I feel like, I still feel like Bill Belichick is going to, is going to be here at, at the end. I know that we've been talking a lot about it. I know that it is something that is worth discussing, I suppose, whether or not it's possible, especially like if this year duds out and if next year doesn't go well either and it looks like you're really not getting closer to this, then I feel like this is these are discussions that need to be had because I think that the Crafts ultimately probably want him to be the guy that, that writes this. They've put so much time, you know, invested so much into him and, and seen what he's done with it. They want him to be the one to fix it. So when, when they're saying, oh, yeah, well, uh, we, we're disappointed that we haven't made the playoffs and we want to draft better, they're saying, look, they're, I don't know that it's saying you better do a better job or we're going to find somebody else who will next year. I think it's more of, Bill, come on, man. We know you can do this. Do it before it's over. Yeah, before it's too late, Yeah, <laughs> basically, before you know this whole thing kind of falls apart around you. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. We got trending here with Jackson. When we come back, Patriots injury report is out. The secondary decimated against one of the best passing teams in football. How are they going to fix it? We'll uh, tell you after this. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now, brought to you by Wilmington Builder Supply Contractors. Wilmington Builder Supply has everything you need to make your next project a success. With a full line of building materials, including Matthews Brothers windows, Wilmington Builder Supply has what you need. Get your window, get your new window project started with Matthews Brothers windows today. Wilmbuild.com. The Celtics, they beat the Clippers last night, 116-110. to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown had 29 points each in the win. Sees are off until Sunday when they head to Denver to play the Nuggets. And the Patriots injury report is out, but Christian just teased that, so I will not tell you. You have to wait until after the commercials to hear that. The Bruins are off until tomorrow when they host the Sabres at 1 p.m. That is what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. It's Arcand and Kyrie on WEEI. Here's Sports Radio WEEI. It's Christian Arcan. It's Kyrie Thompson. Jackson back there behind the glass. Your phone's at 617-779-7937 if you want to uh, chime in here as we have just, uh, you know, a little bit of time left before we sign off. Um, the injury report is out. Kyrie, you read it earlier. It's uh, bad news for the secondary, as uh, most feared. Jack Jones and Marcus Jones both out. Marcus Jones's concussion that he suffered uh, on that fumble recovery, yep. keeping him out of this game. Jonu Smith also out with a concussion that he suffered on a pass where it seemed like it was one of those situations where everybody was grouped together, and you could kind of tell because... Johnny Smith kind of got ragdolled in between two defenders, and that's how he got his he concussion. Got whacked. Um, hit pretty hard there. And uh, also... Um, De- uh, Devontae Parker, yes. who's still recovering from the concussion that he suffered against the Arizona Cardinals, which, I mean, it tells you a little bit about how he's doing right now. And, and once again, like sometime, sometimes guys can come back from concussions, but, you know, within a week. But I feel like the NFL is trending more and more now to being more cautious especially seeing the things that have happened with Tua Tungavailoa. And I think that, I mean, that can only be a good thing for their health. Yeah, uh, you would think so. Um, with the Patriots and the state of their secondary right now, even though Tua's not playing and it's Teddy Bridgewater, uh, those two wide receivers are healthy, Gesicki's healthy, um, the running backs are healthy. How can the Patriots possibly guard all these guys with uh, Jalen Mills, Jonathan Jones, and I don't even know who had uh, Bryant and uh, Sean Wade. Sean Wade, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if, if Jalen Mills is back, I feel like that's... He's not that, a sure thing either, right? I mean, he's questionable. Right, yes, ago, exactly. So, yeah. so, so he's questionable. He did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Limited participant on Friday. To me, that suggests, and we've seen this situation a couple of times this year, where you've seen players not practice for the first couple days of the week, and then they give it a shot at the end of the week, and they they try to warm up before the game. They give it a go. If they feel good enough to play, they will play. But I feel like this year um, the Patriots have been a little bit more cautious with players. And so you haven't seen as many guys not practice for two days during the week, and then all of a sudden they're, they're back in the lineup. So I feel like if you had to make me guess, Jalen Mills is probably not playing in this game. Okay, great. <laughs> so now it's really just Sean Wade and uh, uh, Jonathan well, Jones. I sure hope that uh, <laughs> I, I hope that front four can get there without extra blitz help because I'm not asking those guys to cover Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle by themselves. Miles Bryant is probably. Would you say he's the fastest of those? No, no, he's if, not. If John Jones is playing, he's easily the fastest. Miles Bryant is John Jones questionable. I mean, I don't know. I think he's, 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 I think he's going to play. He's going to play yeah, okay. because I mean, he's he's been on the injury report the last couple of weeks with you know with this chest ailment that he's had. And I mean, I, I like Tyquan Thornton's on here with a knee injury. He played last week. Ramondre Stevenson's questionable with his ankle. I think Jonathan Jones is going to play. Um, so I would think that he's probably going to be the guy, and he's probably going to be the number one cornerback in the lineup. He's your speed guy, your Tyreek Hill stopper, 
not necessarily a stopper, but the guy that you send after him. And then I think that, yeah, Miles Bright and Sean Wade are uh, going to get roasty toasted. Great. That's just swell. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, it's it's at least something that made me feel better. The safeties are probably one of, in the secondary anyway. I think yeah. even if uh, everyone was healthy, you'd say the safeties are probably the strength of that uh, of that group. Um, you got some veterans there. You got some young players, guys who have at times struggled in coverage. I'm talking about you know Duggar uh, and uh, and Peppers, but guys like McCordy and uh, and Phillips who are pretty savvy back there, and I think do a good job in uh, in sort of that umbrella coverage. Is is there any way that you can sort of maximize what those guys do well and cover up for the fact that your corners are so thin? Probably what you're going to have to do, and I think the safeties are going to be integral to this. You're going to disguise mm-hmm. as much as possible. You're going to show one safety looks, and you're going to rotate into two. Or you're going to, uh, you know, show one safety, and then you're going to have one guy rotate into the deep middle of the field and and come down into the box. Or you're going to show two safeties, and you're going to switch it up. That that's what it's going to be when they started out with this secondary early in in the year, and I think they played a lot more man coverage than a lot of us expected. But I think what a lot of us thought is they don't have the horses on the outside to be able to just match up straight up with teams like this. So they're probably going to have to do a lot of zone coverage. They're going to have to disguise a lot. It's it's one of those you have to mix you have to mix and match. You have to game plan. You have to play chess now because you can't just play, you know, like okay, like you on him, you on him, you on him, we're good. Or like, okay, I got stuff on Gilmore, we're just going to go ahead and lock down one side of the field and that's done. You don't have that arrangement. I feel like especially given this situation that they've got in the cornerback room it's almost got to be first of all throwing a lot of two eye safeties at him because you expect them to be like oh yeah we're gonna dust these guys down the field and you've got to take away the deep shots but you're gonna probably be rotating out of that sometimes you're gonna show teddy bridgewater as much as you can um you know pre-snap of of one look and then don't tip it off until the last moment don't rotate down too early and then hit him with something he's not looking for. Hope you can get some pressure while he's trying to diagnose what happens and get to him. They have got to sack this man. That's the only way they're going to win. They must get pressure on this guy. Yeah, there were uh, three sacks and seven quarterback hits. I don't know how many hurries and pressures there were, but in that first game, uh, week one, there was they got to him. Uh, Bentley had a sack. Judon had a sack. Dietrich Wise had a sack. Wise started the year pretty well, and I think has kind of tailed off since then. Um, guys like uh, Josh Uche have had big games, but also you know disappeared at times too. I think that pass rush is totally vital. You're absolutely right. You want to uh, you want to take the pressure off those corners don't make them have to cover that long you know make uh, Bridgewater have to make quick decisions and get the ball out as fast as he can while guys are still you know in the secondary not in the secondary but in the backfield or uh, cutting over the middle I think that's really the best chance you have Um, and that might not even work either because the Dolphins offense for better or for worse has always been about getting the ball out quickly to the skill players and letting them make a play Uh, the the way that they sort of gang tackle and, and get to the right spot I think is going to determine how this all works. They have the ability. I mean, this defense has had the ability all year to uh, go up against good and bad offenses and, and shut them down. They haven't done it every single time. Uh, the uh, Vikings and the Ravens certainly say hello. But they've managed to, you know, even in that first game against the Dolphins, that wasn't some huge uh, yeah. offensive explosion. It was their first game, but they, they, gave, they handled they gave, them. They only gave up two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. 
because they they have the strip sack touchdown, but they only gave up two offensive touchdowns. Of course, they gave them up at you know inopportune times sure. or whatever. Or was that only one touchdown? Because I think it was, it was twenty to nothing. So I think there were actually a couple of field goals. I think they only gave, they only gave up one offensive touchdown in that game, unless they missed an extra point in there somewhere. I have to yeah, there was the, the fumble and um, what was the, the Jalen Waddle the Jalen Waddle touchdown. So right before the half, yes, yeah. So that might have actually been the only offensive score they had. So I think that. They had a field goal too, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah so they so they had so they added field goals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there you go. That's good, yeah. right? And and I gotta say, when it comes to the defense, I really did not have a lot of faith that they were going to hold up well over this last stretch in particular. And yeah, they they got a Colt McCoy game in there, um, and the Raiders game. Obviously, they end up losing that one in in pretty ridiculous fashion, but. They held that offense down reasonably enough. I mean, obviously, they they gave up the late touchdown, which, I mean, a lot of us think should not have been a touchdown because it really shouldn't have been because the dude stepped out of bounds. Sure he did. But, I mean, that one, before that point, I mean, they had it pretty locked down. They had Derek Carr really flustered. Then they played prevent, and they let him complete passes, and that was a mistake on their part. But, I mean, the Bills game... Yeah, they ran the ball a lot. They controlled the ball, but they didn't just absolutely destroy you. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't Bengals like Bengals didn't la- score a point in the second half. Yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. like that last game. Uh, you know, the, the last regular season game of last year or the playoff game. You weren't completely and utterly like, oh my god, they're scoring every single time they have the ball. Bengals give up twenty two points. They were dominating you in the first half. But then you shut them down in the second half, and maybe that was more because the Bengals weren't executing, and they made they made the mistakes, and and Joe they got Bur- conservative too. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they got conservative. They were trying to control the ball, get out of there with a win. Joe Burrow and and uh, you know, Jamar Chase weren't on the same page on that pick six. Had a couple of drops. Should have been more points. But in the end, like you look at it, they were not thoroughly horrible. I think the way that they were last year, when it looked like they were just getting embarrassed. Yeah, um, I I'm sort of with you there. This Patriots season does seem to be ending very similarly to uh, to last season, yeah. and you know, like that's that's sort of something that in my mind, like I was looking at the at the games at the end of the year and thinking, man, it's going to be tough for them to get through it. That's a real gauntlet, and it wasn't quite as tough last year. Like the Colts weren't some great team last year, no. you know, and they ran all over you. And Taylor had that big touchdown run, but like you know, you you had you had trouble with the Bills, obviously, and uh, and and teams that you're playing here again, but. I look at the Bengals, Dolphins, and Bills, and at the end of the year, I always thought that was going to be a brutal stretch. That was such a winnable game. That Cincinnati game, they had it. They had it in their hands. And this team is just so stupid. And I feel like, you know, no matter what the Dolphins do, you know, and they, they, they've, had some, they've had some stupid moments this year, too. I just wonder, is there any way that the Patriots can be the smarter team for once down the stretch? And, uh, and and make a play at the end of a game to win the game instead of chucking it away. Like, this is what they've become. I feel like it's, yes. at the end of the season in particular, I feel like this is just all they are. They can't shake it. Look, here's the thing, and people might not want to hear this, but the Patriots are, are losing games the way bad teams lose games because they're not a very good team. Like, there's a reason this stuff continues to happen. It's because they're not very good. I mean... They are even a little bit worse than I thought they were going to be because I thought they were going to be nine and eight. They still could right. end up being nine and eight. I mean, if they if they win these last two games, they'll end up there and they'll be in the playoffs, which is better than what I predicted. I thought they'd be nine and eight and miss the playoffs. 
I made a really stupid prediction when it comes to the record. Lay it on me. I I said that I would pay for two guys, not just one, two guys in my fantasy football league, uh, their entry fees for next year if the Patriots won less than 11 games. Oh, boy. Wow. All right. Well, okay, that's a lot of faith. Wish you would have consulted somebody before doing that. I probably shouldn't have done that. It was on a whim. It was was a late-night text. It was one of those, like, I was excited for the season, excited for Mac Jones, and then... Yeah, no, everybody kind of gets that. Yeah, coming into the season, everybody hopes springs eternal. But, but, I mean, that's the thing, right? The, the Dolphins don't have their quarterback, their starting quarterback. But can you honestly say to yourself that you feel utterly confident that they can win this game? It's not even just about the, the players that they're missing, right? The matchup problems. It's the, can we trust them not to throw this game away? Right. Not throw away this opportunity because they have become that team. They have showed it multiple times this year. Can we trust them not to have a million penalties? Can we trust them not to, you know, can we trust them to score in the red zone every time they're in there? Yes. Can for once, can they get a red zone touchdown? Like little things. These aren't big demands. You're not asking for, you know, them to come back and have crazy fourth quarter combat. Just can you not play like a bunch of idiots? Can you not have a bunch of penalties? Can you not fumble the ball away in the last play of the game two weeks in a row? Can you not have punts getting blocked left and right? Like this has been such a frustrating year in that that regard. That is a low key, like, I, I, thought that cam acord was going to be in some trouble after last year mm. i'm kind of amazed that it just went you just went right back to him and boom here we go more bad special teams play except, yeah. for, except for when marcus jones you know touches <laughs> the ball and and makes magic out of nowhere it's true um, i mean even nick folk's falling off my goodness i know when you've lost nick folk <laughs> When you've lost Nick Folk in North America. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Let's go to the phones. Talk to John, who is in Springfield. Hi, John. Yes. Yes. Uh, I wanted to make a comment on what I think the Patriots should do. Um, what should they yeah, do? I think uh, they they should blitz the line in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Even if they go behind 14 or nothing, put fear into the, the uh, substitute quarterback. And uh, they shouldn't. They play horrible zone defense. Every time I watch them, like the last five games last year, I didn't think Josh Daniels did a great job of coaching in the last five games of last year. Everyone talks about him being an offensive genius. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, true. It, uh, the zone didn't work. Oh, and I loved your conversation about the dinosaurs earlier. Oh, uh, hey. The one with the two brains. It's got a is that right? A walnut size in their in their head and a human size brain in their hip to uh, control their tail with the spikes. Okay, I did not know. There's so, two, Stegosaurus has two brains. So, so okay, okay. What an evolutionary joke, though. The walnut size one is in their head, and the human size one <laughs> is in their, is in their so, hips so, controlling so, their tail. So okay, um, this was a prevailing theory back in the day that Stegosaurus had two brains. So it was. Very dumb dinosaur by by dinosaur standards. Mm-hmm. Um, walnut size. His brain, brain was in his ass. But <laughs> why? <laughs> but apparently that that's not a brain. That's just kind of like a mass of nerves or whatever. Because there's a lot of muscle back there. Right. So we do not think that Stegosaurus is a brain anymore. Got the wagon. That, yeah. that, that, that yes yes it does. <laughs> um, we do not believe that is a brain. At the same time, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I knew exactly where you were going with that because I grew up. 
uh, thinking that that was the case as well. Okay. I never knew that. I thought I knew about dinosaur. I didn't know about the two brains, which I guess is really one brain. You really could have used it. And one, like, very smart ass. And, and, <laughs> and, and, like. and, and people actually used to think that, uh, like, Brachiosaurus, like the big, tall, long-necked one, right. that basically stood straight up, that it had to have had two hearts in order to pump the blood all the way up, up to... Up and down, yeah. Uh, all the way up to its head. But in reality, what we think is that, I mean... Dinosaurs were probably more warm-blooded than people give them credit for, and so they probably had a big old heart that was just pumping like a warm-blooded animal. Sure, does. yeah. Uh, if you ask Carl Everett, he would tell you that the dinosaurs didn't exist because they weren't in the Bible, so uh, there's that. Um, 617-779-7937. Yeah, I bet people tell me that. It's <laughs> the phone number. Uh, Sorja is in Mansfield. Hi, Sorja. What's going on, guys? How you doing? It's been a long week, so I'm just going to close it out on a high note. All but, right. You know, the thing is... Uh, I just think what's a little frustrating is that, you know, every time you watch the broadcast, right, and if there's some sort of, you know, offensive line penalty, special teams mishap or whatever, you know, the broadcast is always like, oh, yeah, this is like very unlike a Bill Belichick coach team. (laughs) Really, you're right about that. Where have you been? (laughs) Like, please do some research or get a job. Like, please. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you guys listen to the – Midday show, the award-winning 15 Hot program. I love but that 50 show. Fitzy actually, actually brought up some great stats in the Belichick era after Tom Brady. He's 22, 24 and 24. The defense in that time is ranked second, only giving up 19 point, points. But the offense is ranked 22nd in yards and points, and they're only giving you 21 points. So we're at a point right now where the defense could literally only give up you know, 17 points through the – with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and you're not even confident that the offense can, you know, score 17, right? Yeah. So all I'm going to say is we're going into the new year. I'm going to be driving Uber in the greatest city in America the next two days. So all I'm going to say is we don't need, uh, you know, a West Coast offense with, you know, all this shebang. We just need a competent offense that – like if you're down one touchdown in the fourth quarter, maybe that team can score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And the last thing I'll give you is, I think we're like one of the lowest in the league with like first quarter touchdowns. Like I think we almost went like. I think they're at the bottom, uh, Sorja. Thanks for the call. I think they're. I think they got to be losers. I'm sure. Yes, thank you, Bill. Uh, I think they're they're down uh, first quarter touchdown touchdowns. Period. I mean, they got to be down at the bottom, right? Because I because I know for sure. I mean, I haven't passing looked up that touchdowns. One. They definitely so, are. Yes. Yeah, so, so I can't tell you that, but I can tell you that. I mean, red zone. They're still the worst red zone offense yep. in the league. So that's an, that's another one. I mean, I was actually thinking about this earlier today, so I really should look that up. Just where do they rank in terms of offensive touchdowns? Because I saw somebody point out, like, oh, yeah, they're middle of the pack in terms of uh, you know points scored per game. It's like, yeah, but how many of those were actually offensive touchdowns? How much has Nick Folk been carrying the team this year? Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Allison is in Cambridge. Go ahead, Allison. Hi, guys. Before my Patriots point, I just want to say Kyrie, and that's how you pronounce your name. You're well, I just love having you here. You're great. And, Christian, it's great to have you back. And Thanks. you introduced me to Busy Earning when you did introduce the Late Night Show by Jungle, and I love that song. Oh, yeah, right. That was my old uh, intro song, of course. Sure. I loved it. And you did this swarmy, like, intro. I loved it. It was very cool. cool. But I just wanted to say that it's just very surreal what Bill Belichick did this year with the offense. And people just, you, you, I always believe you should go back to basic principles when things get weird. Everyone always says that coaching is much more important in football, and that makes perfect sense. It just makes no sense what, what Bill Belichick did. And the other thing is, 
I, I, I've said this a zillion times. I just think that he wasn't prepared for things. He wasn't prepared for Gronk to leave. He wasn't prepared for Brady to leave. He wasn't prepared for Josh to leave. The fact that he's having Matt Patricia, everyone just always mentioned, it's not just that he's the play caller and the offensive coordinator. He's also the offensive lines coach. And Christian Fourier started this year by asking people whether you can do both of those things, and everyone said, the expert said you couldn't. And so he's replacing, it's an insult to Josh, to Dante, to Ivan Frears, to everybody, to have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge be taking the part when they've never done any of these things to people who've done things. And Bill Belichick always had great coaches. And so what's going on just makes no sense. I feel like we're in like a Gabriel Garcia Marquez novel where where there's like in A Hundred Years of Solitude, which is a classic book, Mm -hmm. the whole town gets amnesia. And I feel like this is what's going on. And the Patriots organization, and it's just bizarre. And I can't believe that Robert and Jonathan aren't going to do something. I can't believe, why did they let this play out? And I have this thing about how often, like, terrible things happen when you just think, oh, it's not going to happen. Like, right. I often think that women, when they don't want to get pregnant, they're just kind of like, well, it probably won't happen. And then they do. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's actually what happened to us, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say one more thing, Kyrie, that I am a total bird person, and I just love that, that dinosaurs basically evolved into birds. And, yes. And it's just the missing link. Yes. Raptors. Thank you, Raptors all day, ladies and gentlemen. There you are. Um, by the way, while we, were, while we were, were talking about that, thank you for the call very much, Allison. Thank you so much. I was looking at offensive touchdowns. Patriots are fourth from the bottom wow. with only 35 offensive touchdowns in total. <laughs> that high, huh? That is, that is uh, 1.7 offensive touchdowns a game. That's like 27th in the league. So, yeah, um, you can talk about yeah, points per game, whatever. They are fourth from the bottom in the NFL in offensive touchdowns. Not great, Bob. All right, we're going to uh, wrap things up next with our final installment of the Year in Review 2022 uh, with your phone calls next. We're right back to it. It's Arcand and Kyrie on WEEI. Stegosaurus got the wagon. Hey, I call it like I see it. A wagon. I think every dinosaur has a wagon. Um, Velociraptors, oh. not really. They got yeah, those little, narrow, little narrow-ass yeah, dinosaurs. They're, 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 pretty, they're pretty narrow. T-Rex. T-Rex, the yeah. brontosaurus. Yep. Um, the triceratops. Oh, yeah. You know, we're well, talking, man, we're talking. Bolt, multi, multi-ton animals. Talking dumps like a truck back there. Um, it is time for us to finish off our 2022 year in review with a couple of uh, categories we have not yet gotten to. So, Jackson, if you please. Yes, 2022. It was the year of our Lord. The Colorado Avalanche hoisted the Stanley Cup. The Houston Astros, World Series champions, and the Rams of Los Angeles hosted the Lombardi Trophy. Um, 2022. Let's, and the uh, Patriots are less than mediocre. That's true. Uh, they are uh, right now less than mediocre. Let's rank the uh, four sports teams and how they did in 2022. I think it's a pretty simple exercise. And I'd imagine we're all going to have the same, the same, uh, the same list I mean, here, right? What, the, but what you're going to realize, too, is the turnaround for Don Sweeney was remarkably quick. That's true. He was, uh, you People know... People wanted his job. He was over to the airport many times over up until, um, at, you know, a little bit after that yes. you know, racist guy thing that they said. That whole thing wasn't great either. Uh, he's that, that exact thing you just said vaults the uh, Bruins up to the number two spot. They were a playoff team. 
team. They had a better playoff showing than the Patriots did, that's for sure. And uh, the Celtics have to be number one. I think the bigger question you is... You think so? I, th- I think it's the... Well, yeah, with Oh, Brogdon. the Celtics have got... They were in the finals. Yeah, with Brogdon, I guess. I'm not, well, but we're talking about their improvements, aren't, aren't we, kind of? Sure. Well, we're, we're, well, talking, we're talking about 2022. I think they got better, too. Because, because, yeah. because half their season was played in 2022. That's true, yeah. And they, they, I mean, yeah, and, they and the, better, the, the better part of their last season... And was played been, in 2022. And the best, whatever, I don't know what's going to happen in the second half of this uh, season here, but it's going to be hard to top the first half of it. Um, so I think their 2022 oh, yeah. has got to be number one. And Bruins have to be most improved for sure. Bruins are most improved. They're I'd agree de- with they're that. They're definitely number two. Now the question is, where do we go with three and four? Yeah. Because <laughs> tied for fourth? <laughs> yeah, tied, tied, for, tied for fourth. Okay, look, I would make an argument that the Patriots are number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they had a playoff game. It was really terrible. They got smoked. Um, they have absolutely underperformed this year. But I feel like to have the Red Sox do what they did last year, almost make it to a World Series, and then just be like, no, nah, we don't want to go back to another one. We're just going to go ahead and, and chill. And, and, and have- let everyone go. <laughs> yep. And, and, and we're going to lead everybody through just an excruciating season. I feel like that, that's got to be worthy of the worst. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you were in the ALCS, and then you go to being one of the, the worst team in your division, that's for sure. The Patriots were a playoff team and uh, are now probably veering towards either not being a playoff team or being similarly a you know fringe one like they were the year before. It's a step down, I'd agree with you, but not nearly as big of a step down as what the Red Sox had. I mean, that's, that's moving backwards, and nothing in the offseason has really made anybody feel any better. I know Kenley Jansen was a nice little signing. Fine. Everything else, Red Sox fans are pissed right now. Patriots fans are going to be pissed when they get eliminated, and a lot of them are probably still kind of annoyed with the way this year's gone. Red Sox fans, I feel like, are fed up. Like that, there's a difference between being pissed at your team and being fed up with your team. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been it, you've been a great audience tonight. You know what I mean? Like and I feel like I don't know this Patriots season. I feel like most of us kind of saw this coming. Yeah, we didn't think that they were going to go to the Super Bowl. We looked at them like, yeah, they're probably more or less what they were last year. It's probably going to be something relatively similar. And I mean, they've got a chance to still make it there. Obviously, it's been a lot more disappointing than all of us thought. But I mean, for the Red Sox to suddenly just hit the hit the tank. Of the of the AL East, the way that they did, and then they're losing Xander Bogarts and losing mm. out on basically every free agent. They're like, oh yeah, we have real interest in that guy, and then they're just like, actually, no, we don't. We don't have enough interest in them enough <laughs> to, to sign them. Right, it's, it's frustrating. I'd say the Red Sox are even below the Revolution, and <laughs> and, uh, and and perhaps that ladies lacrosse team. You know, yeah, right. Um, I'd say, uh, yeah, they're they're certainly have dug a big hole for themselves. All right, hey, that's what hey, that's why uh, we we root for uh, the women's football team here. Boston Renegades, let's go. There you go. Uh, so we all agree, Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, Red Sox. That's uh, one, two, three, four in terms of uh, best to worst in it's the like year one a and you know one a one b and then you know three b four c. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do uh, athlete of the year. Boston athlete of the year. I think this one's kind of unanimous too. I don't know how it can be anybody but Jason Tatum. Yep. Uh, Jason Tatum's an MVP candidate right now. He was uh, the best player on the team that went to the finals. I don't think that uh, David Posternock is a bad player or anything like that. And he's the best. Pl- I think he's the best player on the Bruins. But he's not better at his job than Jason Tatum is at his. 
is. Um, yeah, but the, the, their goalie is 20-1 and one or whatever Actually, you know what? Lena's Omar. this year, Lena's, if it was a full Omar, season yeah. of that last year, then I'd agree with you. He was kind of hit or miss last year. He's been tremendous. He's a, he's a dark horse, maybe. Yeah, yeah he, he's another one. Like, he, what, a, what a turnaround. He man. keeps it up. He could win this award in 2023, that's for sure. Um, for the Patriots, I think Matthew Judon's got to be the uh, Patriot oh, of the year. Oh, by far, right? Um, can you think of anybody else? Well, uh, him Marcus or Marcus Jones, Jones yeah. Yeah, um, Matt Jones is the most talked about one, but yeah. not you know. But but I'm I'm going with Judon. If if you're if you're having this pick, Red Sox of the year. I mean, God, that was really. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be Bogarts, even though he's not here. You know. Yeah. yeah. Give it to Bogarts, just as an F you to the team, right? And then if if we had like a Time Magazine Person of the Year, I think that it would be Joe Judge and Patricia on the cover, you know, together. It's got just only, because I mean, it's just negative, who got talked but, about the most. Yeah, I yeah, agree with yeah, you. Yeah, who, who gets talked you. about the most? The thing is, like, it annoys me that we're still talking about Joe Judge. He literally, we don't know what he does. <laughs> like, Nothing, like, oh yeah, apparently. Joe Judge going to be doing this. Joe, we talk about him so much, and he just stands there. Like, I mean, I, he interacts on the field, and that that's going to be something. Sometimes, he what does. the hell is he doing? I've he, seen him two times this year. Did you guys notice this? I've seen him two times this year after a play. After it was a delay of game. They cut to the sideline, and Joe Judge is, like, scampering away from Matt Patricia. Did you see that? That happened twice. Uh, I saw it two times. I'll, I'll go back over the games and, uh, and show you the video. But he's done that twice now. He knows. He knows, like, oh, God, I can't, I can't be here with him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just head down, go, go grab a Gatorade or wouldn't something it be like that. The heck, wouldn't it be the story <laughs> of the century if, if Joe Judge was actually the guy who designed this offense or designed most mm. of it in the same way that they do the whole co-coordinator thing on the defensive side of the ball, where Gerard Mayo, the rumor is that he's more the game plan guy, right. and that Steve Belichick is the play caller. If Joe Judge was the guy who like designed this ugly offense, and we haven't talked about it at all because we're so mad at Matt Patricia, <laughs> now that would be one heck of a slight of That hand. would be funny. That would be funny, and I'll tell I you mean, what. Either way, it's it's crap, so it's... It, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think they're interchangeable as you know, boobs. Really. Um, if I was Matt Patricia and this wasn't my doing, I would be letting people know that. And, and like, that's yeah, another thing too. Wasn't me. <laughs> I didn't. Wasn't I didn't me. put this crap together. Uh, so there you go. All I right. just called the crap. Um, uh, did we all agree? Who's our Bruin of the year? It's Pasternak for me. Who's your Bruin of the year, Jackson? I mean, I you know, I gotta go. Uh, you know, and, go uh, In full hockey fashion, my three stars would be Bergeron, Pasternak, and, and um, you know, Linus, Linus, and Linus. All right, yeah, there I was you go. interested that uh, that Bergeron wasn't up there, and then B- Montgomery too. I mean, geez, he came in like a whirlwind and turned the team around. I'll tell you Getting what, like a wrecking ball. I was not expecting much from that guy. I wasn't expecting much at all from the Bruins. They've definitely been the biggest surprise, biggest pleasant surprise uh, out of all these teams. I'd agree with you there. Uh, it's all about the winter teams in 2023. I hate to tell you, folks, um, I don't think it's going to be turning around for the Red Sox anytime soon, and I think the Patriots are going to be done in, uh, I don't know, maybe 72 hours. So there you go. Let's go Celtics. Let's go Bruins. And uh, let's go 2022. We'll see you later. Um, that's all for us. Uh, Kyrie, it's been great, man. It's been great working oh, with yeah. you this week. Loved it. Uh, Jackson, great job behind the glass working solo. I know that's not easy to do. Thank you, sir. Uh, thanks to Andrew it. Callahan. Uh, stick around. KJ coming up next. KJ is, is coming up next. Very good. Let's you go. got KJ into the night. That's all for us. We'll talk to you in 2023, except I'll talk to you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Uh, bye. And this last hour was brought to you by Cars for Kids. The easy way to donate your car. Donate today and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com or 1-877-CARS-4KIDS. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England Sports Original. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.